everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of Kingdom Culture, where we talk about real-life struggles, the pursuit of God in our process, overcoming our past, and becoming the sons and daughters God created us to be. I am your host, Kara, and today I come to you very casual. I have been spending a lot of time this evening working on a new endeavor, preparing um, for a new project that I am launching soon, which I'm excited to share with you guys as I just kind of cultivate a few more details and put things together. So stay tuned for that news. Uh, It is coming soon, but I am just blessed that I have the opportunity to build in this season and launching what I'm building is um, just around the corner. So working on those behind the scenes details as of late, and it is very time consuming. So starting this episode a little bit later than normal. However, I did want to just talk some more about what we touched on last week and the topic of why we suffer. So if you listened to last week's episode, you'll probably recall how we talked about the story of Job and how at first Job was brought up by God to Satan as a kind of like a bait to Satan um, to lure him in as a way to prove a point to him that he would be able to prove to Satan that Job was a righteous man and would not turn away from God no matter what happened. And what first happened was God authorized Satan to remove everything that he wanted to from his life, but he was not able to harm him physically. After that first round of devastation occurred where he lost all of his livelihood, his family members, his home, um, you know, his cattle, his camels, things like that. Um, Outside of a few servants and his wife, he basically got wiped out in a single day. When he tore his clothes and got on the ground and worshiped God in uh, Job one twenty one, where it says, the Lord give and the Lord taketh away. Let the name of the Lord be praised. Um, Instead of getting angry with God or, you know, blaming anyone, um, the devil was, had to up his ante and came back. And when God did a little check-in with him to find out, you know, how was it going after he, you know, kind of tried to destroy Job's life, um, he was then authorized to inflict physical pain and harm on him. However, he was not allowed to kill him. So Job suffered in torture. It doesn't specify for how long, um, but it does... You know, at least for at least for a week, we know because his friends sat with him for seven days. But before they came, we're not sure how long he had been inflicted. And, you know, so timeline is a little unclear. However, it was long enough. Right. I mean, that was a terrible experience that he had to endure. And so we want to talk tonight from the standpoint, just kind of continuing the conversation, because like I had mentioned last week, it was kind of a cliffhanger because the notes from this story were so long and so in-depth that I just didn't have time to go through all of them. So basically, tonight is just going to be a continuation 
um, of last week. And again, I'm just going to let Holy Spirit lead. Um, I'm going to allow him to speak what he feels is necessary. I'm going to be reading through a lot of my journal notes from this Bible study that I did. Um, and whatever the Lord wants to kind of bring up, just like he did last week, we're going to let him do that, let him have his way. Um, and again, this whole experience of why I was led to Job did come from a personal experience, like everything else in this podcast. Um, and, you know, it was just a lesson that he taught me. And since this time, two weeks ago, when he brought this up to me, you know, for the first time um, in this way, my life has been very interesting. Um, there have been many, many things that have come up, uh, kinds of tests and just travailing, you know, um, a lot of things, a lot of a lot of hard things, a lot of confusing things. Um, but the Lord is so gracious and kind that he gives us his word to stand on and he uses these kinds of scripture passages to prepare our hearts for what he's going to be doing in our lives, be it as severe or not. It doesn't really matter. The point is, is that God is sovereign and he is in control and we are called to trust him and have faith and believe that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. So what I want to do is kind of, like I said, pick up from where we left off last time. It might not be an exact pickup point from where we were, um, but I do just want to continue talking about why we suffer, uh, the point of it all, and you know what God can do through it, how he can use it, how he can find, um, you know, a way to bring glory to his name through it, which is just amazing. And again, I'm, I know for a fact that we're going to have an episode regarding God's glory. Um, he's already put it on my heart. I mentioned it last week. It's just a growing urgency that I know on my spirit that it, it will be a time where we will talk about those things. But I know he wants us to get through this first before we move on to that, because I do believe in some way it's going to be a bridge um, and they will connect, obviously, because truth connects and it can never be broken. So let's dive in to continuing to talk about the reasons why we suffer. Um, I did want to point out, I thought this was really interesting when I was reading through this, when Job's wife you know, she even came to him and said, basically, how long are you going to, you know, just sit here and take this? Like, just curse God and be done with it already. Just die. Can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine your spouse, your wife, your husband saying that to you? Like, not being encouraging, not being empathetic or sympathetic, not being loving or kind to you, but basically just saying, like, throw in the towel, dude, like, get over it and die. But yet Job's response, it blew me away when I really looked at it and I thought about the importance of how he responded. And <laughs> I just, I want to, I want to point it out. Um, Okay, so we talked about a second ago, this will lead into it. We talked about a second ago how Satan raised the stakes and challenged God that if he tortured Job's body, that he would turn and curse God. So God allowed him to inflict the pain and suffering, but not the death. Job dealt with the pain and coped how he knew how to, but still did not turn from God. So he sat on the ground, he scraped his body with pottery, you know, he was oozing and it was, he was just in really bad, rough shape. 
here, here we go. Even his wife was used by Satan to deter him. Yet he rebuked her and corrected her. And he remained steadfast with God. But what he said to her, this is what I really just, it just stood out to me. It might resonate with someone else. It might just be for me in this instance. I don't think so, but um, this really stood out. And I just really appreciated Job's heart in, in spite of his own tragedy, how he remained like his integrity and his character remained. And this is a lesson that actually God is bringing me through right now, literally this week, yesterday, even like, um, you know, with the, with the two, two, um, well, the February 22nd, 2022 on a Tuesday, you know, everyone, it's like a very, I guess, prophetic kind of day. There's a lot of meaning to that. I even woke up saying today, something good's going to happen today. And yesterday was a really, really, really hard, hard day. Really, really tough. And, you know, the Lord has been teaching me lately and he used yesterday as a prime example and it's going to tie back. So just hang out with me for a second. Just the Holy Spirit is moving right now, and I believe this is important. This is how it loops back in together, and I didn't even expect this to be this way. But he's teaching me that I am me despite who other people are. And it's not an excuse or a justification to be in my flesh just because other people are, or because I feel triggered by them. I am still called to walk in integrity and walk in character and to respond to people in love and in grace and in respect and honor, regardless of how they act, because how they act should not affect who I am. And you know, out of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And so as a man thinks, so is he. So it, it, it does reflect who we are. It reflects our identity. It reflects our knowledge of God. It reflects who we believe we are through our speech, through our actions. And even this morning in my quiet time, Holy Spirit, I I really did not expect it to go this way, but here we go. Even this morning in my quiet time, I realized that in order to do this, in order to walk out who I am, regardless of what's going on around me, and not be perturbed, not be triggered, not be reactive to other people, and allow myself to respond in ways that are not becoming, that are not uh, indicative of who I am as, as my true identity and my true character, that it starts with mindset. Because mindset is built around, around thoughts. And our thoughts, and I am actually, I did plan to get to this part, but I didn't expect to until way later. So our thoughts become our beliefs. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, my pastor said, what believing really means is being ready to act as though it is true. So our mindset is made of thoughts. Our thoughts create beliefs. 
Our beliefs then lead to behavior and actions. Those repeated behaviors and actions then become habit. And our habits become our lifestyle. Our lifestyle reflects our mindset. And like when I believe that I am a daughter of God, that I am a woman of God, that I am a woman of my word, that I am a woman of integrity and character, yet I am reactive and frustrated and, you know, I can catch an attitude that is incongruent with my identity and it's not a proper reflection of my knowledge of God and who I am. It is me self-abandoning and letting another person influence me to the point where I don't uphold my own honor. And then it's really like it comes back into what do I believe? And I had I got checked on it so hard and I and I and it's a valuable lesson and I love that he was so patient and gracious with me to teach me that. And believe me, you guys, like, we're always being purified. We're always being processed. We are always being refined. We are always being groomed and grown and pruned and, you know, made better. We're made to look more like Jesus. That's our, that's our goal, right? It's to look more like him. So we're going to have to go through the fire. We're going to have to burn off the layer after layer after layer inside of our hearts to get us to a purified state. So I'm grateful for that lesson. I am grateful that the Lord allowed me to see that existing inside my heart because that is not something that I want to continue to carry in my life. That is not who I am. That is not who I believe I am. That is not the kind of person that I want to be. That is not the kind of person I believe I am. So then why act the way that I don't believe is congruent with my identity. It doesn't make sense. It's a trap of the enemy. It's a way that he tries to create failure in our lives through incongruency, through shame, through inconsistency, through all these things that are just brokenness. And I'm not broken. I'm made whole in Jesus. I know who I am. I know my identity. And so it was something that it really for like the in a real way, during that entire day yesterday, although it was so hard and I was finding myself in these places of just like being so upset and so frustrated at the situations and just kind of like, is this real life right now? This is like the twilight zone. Like nothing was going right. Like literally every single thing was just like one thing after another thing, after another thing, after another thing. I'm just like, what is going on today? But in the midst of all of that, I continue to turn to God. And I realized that this morning in my quiet time when I was sitting with him and he actually pointed it out to me and said, hey, I allowed you to be in those compromising situations because yesterday was a day of open eyes and open ears. I needed you to see where your heart was. But even in all of that, you returned to me. You cried out to me in your struggle. You came to me with your frustration. You brought it to me. Although you were frustrated and although you were mad, 
you brought it to me and now I need you to lay it down at the foot of the cross and give it to me because it's not your burden to bear, but it is your lesson to learn. And I just was like blown away by how gracious he was about the whole entire thing and how even in the rebuke and in the in the correction and the chastening, he also made sure to give me encouragement and also was like, hey, you didn't do it perfect, but you did a lot that was right. You know, you didn't do it all right, but you also came to me, which is right. And, you know, I just thought it was really cool that that was such a marked growth in myself to be able to see that and and for the Lord to actually confirm that to me and say, hey, you know, like, the enemy right now was really mad because um, he, he will hook you for just a moment, but then you turn back to me and he loses you and he's, he's at every front he's failing and, and like everything he's trying, he's failing because over the last year, the Lord has made me so strong in my faith in him. And he has, he has brought me through such suffering. He has brought me through such pain. He has brought me through such sorrow and grief and mourning and letting go and starting over again and again and again and again that at this point in my journey where he knew I would be right now, before the fulfillment of promise, where he knew that I'd be fought like tooth and nail at every turn, harder than ever, that I would be able to stand. Because I've been through the fire with him through so many other things over the last year that at this point, I can't not turn to him. Even in my anger, even in my frustration, even when I am so tempted to be in my flesh, and, and I am. I'm not saying that I wasn't. I, I was. But even in those moments of being in my own flesh and wanting to be justified and vindicated, I turn to him because where else am I going to go? He has become that steadfast security in my life. And yesterday was a test and it was a test and it was a proof. It was a test to me and a proof to me for me to see where I really was and where I really was, although it wasn't perfect and I wasn't totally proud. I also wasn't living in shame because of it. I recognize that I'm a person, I'm human, I'm going to be flawed and make mistakes, but I know where to go and I know where to turn. I know the right thing to do. And it's become a natural reaction as much as my, my flesh and my spirit are wrestling for the old place where I want to be justified. I want to, I want to, I want to make my point known, which is old. (laughs) As much as that is fighting for its place, the new is fighting for its place. The new of God being my refuge, God being my answer, God being the one that I go to. I didn't go and talk to a whole bunch of people about what was going on. Now, the Lord did give me one person that I was so grateful for that shares with me my faith, my mindset of things. And we, we, we have a 
very similar understanding about things. And had I been on my own yesterday, it probably would have looked a lot different because I wouldn't have had solid counsel sounding board to talk to and and just relate to and to be encouraged by um, just to sort of share things with. And, you know, had I been on my own, it would have looked very different. And that was, that was a gift of, a, of provision from the Lord to give me that person to be able to have them be my support system in that moment, those moments throughout the whole entire day. But besides that person, I went to him. I had the thought of calling different people and complaining about what was going on. But you know what? I didn't. I talked to the people that I needed to talk to to clarify and to bring things up who were able to make decisions about certain situations. That's different. But I didn't go and complain and, you know, woe is me and, and, you know, vent to anyone but the Lord. And he allowed me to do that. And he stood with me in my suffering and he let me go through it. He did not rescue me from it. He allowed me to go through it and then help me to see what it was for. Help me to see what it actually was and then help me to move on past it with comfort and peace. I was so angry about a couple of things where I was really like, Lord, I don't know, you know, this is what I want to do. And he said, yeah, you're not, you're not going to do that though. Well, why not? And well, I want to. Well, that's fine, but you're not gonna. Well, what is this even for? Well, it's for this. Well, why? Well, because of this. And he was just so patient and allowed me to work through my feelings in vulnerability with God so that I didn't have to go and talk to a bunch of other people about how I felt about something. I didn't have to get my point across to anybody else. I I was able to actually take some space and process what I was feeling with the Lord. And he was the one to give me the insight and the clarity and the understanding and the wisdom and the knowledge that I needed to let it go. And to be like, you know what, Lord? Okay, you know what? That that's fine. And and one thing I think I'm going to skip through cuz I'm just feeling led to share kind of what happened last night. Um, you know, when I got home, when I got home, and yesterday you guys was a day of it was it like I said it was a rough rough day. It was a day of suffering. It really was. I I I felt many things yesterday. Many negative emotions. Um, you know, I'm reading a book, uh, intelligence. Um, I'm sorry, uh, emotional intelligence 2.0, forgive me. And, you know, it's saying in that book, and it's so funny that I'm reading that and then all of this stuff is coming up. It's like, God just uses everything. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is lost. Um, but it's talking about how, you know, we as humans, we categorize emotions as good and or bad. And they are, the authors are really encouraging the reader to consider that emotions are just. They're not good nor bad. They just are. They're indicators. And so while I felt like they were negative emotions because they didn't feel good and they triggered some things in me that triggered old mindsets that triggered old reactions because they were based in different kinds of fears. Because of where I am now, I can see that it was a tactic of the enemy. 
I can see that he used what used to work on me to trip me up. And yes, did I trip up for a little while? Yes, but it was minuscule in comparison to what it has been in my past. Instead of it being weeks or months or even days, it was hours. That is growth. That is marked growth. That is all glory to God because that is that is who I believe that I am. I'm strong enough to give the, the Lord everything that I have and trust him to help me work things out and also know that he's in control. Just like in Job, he, he was sovereign over Job's circumstances and there was a time for those things to end. Job didn't know and Satan didn't know. His friends didn't know. His wife didn't know. And I want to get back to that point really fast. Let me get to that point really quickly before I move on. The thing I loved about what Job said about his wife, he said, you are acting like a foolish woman. Should we expect that God only give blessing and not bring trouble? Now, what stuck out to me about what he said is even in his pain and in his anguish, he could have been justified and no one would have wronged him or blamed him for a response to be harsh with her. Yet he was not. He maintained his integrity and his character despite what she was saying to him. And instead of meeting her at her level of dishonor, he maintained his level of honor and said, you are like a foolish woman. He did not even call her a foolish woman. He did not assign her character something other than what it was. He pointed out that her behavior was unlike her character because she was acting like something else. He did not say, though, that she was something else. And I thought that was just really meaningful and spectacular in a way that he was able to compose himself. And even in that, even in that moment when when he would have been totally justified to come at her hard, he didn't. Because he knew who he was and it was more important for him to maintain his integrity and his character in that moment than to react in an emotional way because of his distress where he would lash out at another person and hurt them like they were trying to hurt him because it would have been justified because he was in pain. And I just think that speaks volumes. I mean, like it it meant something to me when I read it, but out now after the last few days, it, it means even more to me. It really does. It really truly does. And I just, I just hope that that maybe is a nugget for someone to take away. Um, you know, and, and you could just hold on to that truth. And, and next time something comes up, maybe that'll just remind, remind you to stay in your identity of as a son or a daughter of God and not to respond in your flesh or to meet someone at their level of dysfunction just because they're being dysfunctional or being disordered or being, you know, um, working from a mindset of chaos or, or whatever the case might be that you 
shine the light of Jesus and that you shine the light and the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ who lives inside you through the Holy Spirit, that you maintain that instead. And I think that is such a valuable takeaway. So I want to just touch on something um, that I, I had written down the other day. And I know this might sound like a little bit all over the place, but again, I'm just kind of really letting um, the Lord lead because I, I feel like there's just so many things that tie back to all of this, but using a, a personal, um, antidote of the, of the suffering. Now, green, it's not nearly as it, as much as Job did. However, it, it was a moment where I was suffering. I was feeling a lot of things I was feeling and I have been the Lord has been taking me through this very interesting journey over the last few weeks where he it feels like he's stripping things away from my life and um it's uncomfortable and it doesn't feel good and I don't understand some of it and um it it looks very crazy right now in a lot of categories of my life um although I have peace and I have understanding and I have words from God about some things that he's doing my circumstances and what he's told me look nothing alike um so it's a little bit like okay i'm trusting you i'm trusting you i'm trusting you i'm holding on to what you said i'm believing what you said i'm trusting your word but right now it's like i have to trust you because i'm so dependent on you um i know you tell me you're gonna give me everything you need everything i need so I trust that he will, but it's kind of like, okay, God, like, you know what I need though, right? Cause like, it's kind of here and I uh, don't have it. So, but I'm trusting that you're saying what you're saying to be true. And just over the last few days, um, you know, I just really, like I said, I kind of been going through it and maybe you guys have been too. There's, a, there's been a lot of warfare, a lot of struggling, a lot of suffering, a lot of confusion, a lot of changing, a lot of shifting, a lot of adjustment, a lot of uh, transition, a lot of a lot. There's just a lot going on right now in this season. And I do believe it's because breakthrough is on the horizon and that a lot of what God has promised is coming and it's so close and the enemy is just like literally freaking out. And so he's just trying um, really hard to just make sure that God's plans are thwarted and that they don't go through. But God has been saying over and over and over again, no one can mess with my plans and it's not going to be stopped and no one can stop what I'm doing. Um, He's talking about chains being broken and warring for freedom and just so many things. And what happened was last night when I got home from um, work, I was just really upset and I was just like really in a, a emotionally drained state. And so I came home and he's had me fasting from social media a lot. Um, I'm only supposed to be on there under certain parameters. And so lately he's been leading me to a couple different things. Um, you know, as he's leading me to, I will go do certain things or watch certain things or listen to certain things. But other than that, I'm really not supposed to. And so last night I got home from work and I was standing in my kitchen. And I just grabbed my phone and I started to scroll and I'm not supposed to do that. That's one thing I'm not supposed to do. And I heard the Lord say, do not numb out, come 
sit with me. And so I was like, okay, God. So I left my phone upstairs and I just came downstairs and I sat down and I have the space in my living room that was in the, in the basement downstairs that I sit and I just spend time with the Lord. I journal, I read my Bible, I pray, I worship all that kind of stuff. And so like, that is my place in my house. And I came downstairs to sit with the Lord and he just started, I just started speaking to him and telling him like how I felt where I was. And, um, I'll read a little bit of my entry. I just said, Lord, I cannot help but laugh today was the worst. It was literally one thing after another. And I just started like listing out like kind of what had happened, not in much detail, but more like bullet points just to be like, and then this, and then this, and then this. I was like, it's almost comical. And then I told him, I said, I self-abandoned and I repent. And I just talked to him about what that looked like for me. I mean, he knew already what it was, but I wanted to make sure that I wrote it down for my own understanding and my own knowledge for me to be able to admit what that looked like. Because if we don't admit problems, if we don't face things as they come up and we just act like we're figured out and we have it together and everything is great and nothing is wrong, we will not grow. There's no humility in that. That is pride and ego and there is no growth in pride and so he has brought me to this place where you know I desire to be honest and real and to be able to discuss with him the problems that come up in my heart in my spirit in my personality in my day-to-day behaviors because I don't want to be that person and I, I need him to be able to help me see a different way I need him to help me see what's really going on what is the root of that thing why is it there where did it come from how is it being exacerbated what is keeping it stuck it sticking around in my life how can i uproot it and move on and replace it with something else and if i don't spend time reflecting and and having times of you know inspection of my own heart then i'm not going to know those things and i'm going to live oblivious and act like everything is okay and i'm not going to grow and i don't want that that's not how god created me that's not who he made me to be I think that self-growth is very important. I feel like we should always be striving to be the best versions of who God created us to be and be walking out our purpose and walking out the life that he created it for us. And so I want everything he has for me. So I don't want dysfunction at all. I want zero dysfunction as a part of my life. And whatever I have to do to fight for that, I will do, even if I have to endure ugly things coming up so that I can take them to God and ask him to help me work through it so he can take it and I can learn a different method. Um, Anyway, I just told him, you know, I, I, I hated that I didn't self-govern better and, um, you know, how I was feeling about certain situations and where I was emotionally and mentally about them. Um, but I said, you know, I came home and you said not to numb out, to just come and sit with you. So I'm here. I'm pressing in. I'm coming to you. Jesus, please. Like, I'm not even really sure what I feel. And I just sat there. And one of the things in that book I mentioned Emotional Intelligence 2.0, it really encourages you to just sit with what you're feeling and allow yourself to feel it and then observe it 
and like analyze it. Like allow yourself to find the words to articulate the emotion, to really understand what you are actually feeling so that you can identify it and then sort of deal with it if you need to, you know? It brings up like, we look at some emotions as being negative and some of them being great and we let some run wild and we oppress or repress others like excitement and like, oh, we let, let that like be just crazy. And then we do stupid things like, you know, spend money we don't have or, you know, engage in risky behavior or do things we regret later on because we're so excited that we're not we're not managing our emotions. We're not managing ourselves. And so, you know, typically it might be seen as that that's a good thing to be super duper excited. But like sometimes your excitement can also lead you down a path of destruction because you're not thinking with your head you're you're like being led by your emotions and so your your logical brain is like turned off and this is the same thing with other negative emotions right that you can just like kind of go off this off the rails with you know anger or whatever too if, if that's something that you know but instead of looking at it as as a good or a bad it just is and so it's encouraging to like look at the emotion evaluate the emotion identify the emotion and then sit with it and and like really think about like why you're feeling it, what brought it up, where it comes from and, and how to manage those things. Um, so anyways, I just listed out a few things that I was feeling and, you know, then like kind of what those feelings were making me believe where, where those feelings were rooted in my thoughts, like what thoughts was I having surrounding those feelings? And then what beliefs were attached to those feelings? And it was a really cool exercise that the Holy Spirit actually helped me walk through. And it was something that I read in that book, but I hadn't really practiced it yet necessarily. But the Lord really walked me through that process and like allowed me to just like really dial it in and see where I was coming from. And the most beautiful thing happened. I ended up just sobbing on the couch. It wasn't because I felt sorry for myself, but it was because in that moment, I just realized how good God is and how loving Jesus is. And that all these things I was saying about how I was feeling X, Y, and Z because of, you know, this, that, and this happening or that person doing this or saying this or being that way. And how I was tired of certain things happening or not happening. Like it clicked in my head. And I said, but you know what? Like you know, Jesus, you know, it's not lost on you. What I'm feeling is not lost on you. You know, you gave more than I could ever give. And you were treated way worse than I could ever be treated. Yet, you still gave because you knew it pleased your father. And it wasn't about other people and how they were or what they did. He did not respond and he did not live his life in his actions and his thoughts and his words based on what other people did. He lived his life based on who he is. Based on who he is. And I wrote 
you loved even when you were despised and you gave unto death. I said, Jesus, I'm sorry. Please forgive my pride. I have no right. I can never outgive you and I will never suffer as much as you did. And I said, I do feel the way that I feel, but I know that you get it and it's not lost on you. You've experienced the same pain that I'm experiencing now and much, much worse than what I'm experiencing now. And I just asked him to forgive me. And I told him, I said, I don't know what to do. And I asked him for help. And I, and I just shared my heart that like, I want to live from a place of honor and that my actions yesterday did not glorify him or reflect him well. And they did not accurately reflect my knowledge of him. And I just told him, I feel like I failed miserably. And I'm not proud of my actions and how I handled the entire day. I said I lost my peace and my joy and I allowed my emotions to rule and for my frustration to get the best of me. I abandoned myself and that's not what bothers me the most. Oh, I said, and that is what bothers me the most. The fact that I did not uphold what was important to me and instead I acted in a different way and that really made me sad. I had to grieve that. Um... But this is what really, I think, changed it around for me. I I was able to share my heart, where I was, what I was feeling, where I was coming from. But then I said, but I know that you were there the entire time. And I know that you're here now. And then I just said, what do I do? And this is where I want to leave off. I'm going to just read you what he said to me. Because I feel like this was such an encouragement to me that hopefully this will be an encouragement to you. And take it back to the Lord. This might not be for you exactly, but I want to share the goodness of God with you tonight. Because He is our rescuer. He is our savior. He is our deliverer. He is our father. He is our friend. He is our everything. He wants to be our everything. And that doesn't mean that we don't feel. That doesn't mean that we don't suffer. That doesn't mean that we don't have a human experience. That doesn't mean we don't fail. That doesn't mean that we don't sin. That doesn't mean that we don't do things wrong. We're not going to get it right all the time. But the thing that we have to do, we have to remember who holds everything in his hand. We have to remember who we belong to. We have to remember who we are rooted in. Our identity should be rooted in Jesus Christ and what he says about us, that we are called and chosen, that we are his beloved children, that he has called us, that he has assigned us, that he has created us to live a life in this generation. I've said this so many times. Even in our frustration, turn to him. Even in your fear and your doubt and your sadness and your loneliness and your feelings of betrayal or frustration or anger or whatever, bitterness, let that stuff go and return to the feet of the father. This is what he said to me when I said, what do I do? He said, let it all go and lay it at my feet. It is not a burden 
It is not your burden to bear, but it is your lesson to learn. I placed you in compromising situations because I wanted you to see where your heart is. I need you to understand your triggers and emotions. It was not to incite fear, but to instill knowledge. Although you faltered, you came to me. You called on me in your time of need, in your time of trouble. Do not be in despair that you didn't behave or handle it perfectly. You are made perfect by my grace, by my mercy. Fear not, child. Do not be dismayed and do not feel trampled. This day was a day of open eyes and open ears. The devil is mad. He's failing on all fronts. His attempts to bait you have been unsuccessful. He may hook you for a moment, but when you turn to me, you are freed from his trap. You are growing. You are changing. You return to me at all costs. You do not forsake my name. You understand my principles, and from there you do not wander. Be encouraged, my daughter, my child. You guys, when he spoke this to me, it was literally like new life was breathed into my lungs. To know that he is so gracious and that he looks at things so differently than we do. I looked at it as a miserable failure. And instead of allowing myself to feel shame because I took it to the Lord, he allowed me to see it for what it truly was, that he was actually in it. And just like with Job, he allowed me to experience those compromising situations because he needed me to see my own heart. And I got to say, while I initially felt really bad about how I acted, I think it was because I was coming from a place of shame and fear. But now that I understand his heart behind it and what it was for, I see the beauty of the growth. I can appreciate the struggle for what it is because in that he allowed me to see the change in me where before I would have wanted to go to him, but I would have reacted completely first. And then in my conviction, I would have come to him instead of in my need for him. Then I came to him. It wasn't because I felt like I was in trouble. It was because I knew I needed his guidance because I didn't know what to do. It wasn't from a place of, I'm sorry I got in trouble and now I need you to help me. I'm far beyond that. And that's what that showed me was that I was far beyond that. And I'm at a different place with him in my relationship now. And that is something to celebrate. That is something to rejoice about. That is something to be happy about, to find joy in. Because he is actively growing me and he is actively growing you. We are able to be who he called us to be as we allow him to work in our lives. And I think that is just such a beautiful, beautiful testament of his faithfulness and of his goodness. And to allow like the suffering that he does allow in our lives, that it's all for something good. It's all to be used for our good, to teach us something and to really, you know, take the devil down a different path. And I don't want to go too much farther than this. This might be a part three because he took, he took me through a couple different stories of the last week or so that I definitely want to talk about because it was such an amazing revelation that he gave to me. And it definitely ties back into all of this. But what I want to leave you with tonight, I'm going to end here is just 
beloved child of God, son and daughter of God, know who you are. Know that your suffering is not in vain. Allow the Lord to use it to mold you and grow you and change you. Allow him to use it to show you where you've come from and where you're headed and where you are now. And let that be a place that you can come to in rejoicing and in joy and in peace and in love for the Father and for the Father's business to be done on this earth through you and through me to build the kingdom of God, to rejoice in his name, to share the good news of who he is to everyone that we possibly can in any kind of way that we can and do it every day. Do it from a place of knowing who he is, that he is so good that you want to share all about him all the time with everyone that you can. So until next time, you guys, be blessed.